This podcast has some adult words and some adult themes. If you're a kid, you might want to go and play now. I think I had a good marriage before I met Stephen, but I was I was a mean wife. I think that I focused on petty things in our relationship, and I picked on Ben. And I'm not proud of the way I treated him, but there were there were things that I was angry at him about. And we didn't talk about the real things that I was mad about. And instead, it would just come out in other ways. Welcome back to Neurotic Tornado, a podcast that explores relationships and all the beautiful messiness of being together. What do you think about that tagline? I think that that is an exact description of um, nice. of relationship. We just Beautiful made that up a few moments ago, but now mm-hmm. that's somehow what everything in this podcast is about. And and you and I, I think that you and I are very interested in this stuff. I, this, I know that you explore relationships a lot. You're um, exploring your own uh, experience in your marriage and have done some pretty bold things over the last seasons. Bold uh, with regard to the podcast, or with regard to my marriage, or or your uh, pantlessness. Or my pant- <laughs> well, and just introduce you if you're just uh, visiting us. I'm Yuvi Zalko, and I'm Jackie Shannon Hollis. And this is season three. We're calling this the Beyond Coupled season. So, season one, I spoke with my wife for about fifteen episodes about all our marital convolutedness. Mm-hmm. Season two, Jackie and I went on the road and visited with four couples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this season we've decided to uh, stick with uh, one relationship and how it's evolved over time. It starts off with Nikki, a 47-year-old woman. She's been married to a man named Ben for, I believe, over 20 years, mm-hmm. and they have two adopted children together who are teenagers. And also who you're going to hear from in this season, not this episode, in future episodes, is Stephen, um, who is... He's the third element to this relationship, and you'll learn much more detail about that soon. You know, it's hard enough to, for us to wrap our heads around a relationship between two people. We were curious what we could learn from a relationship with three people. And we were also curious about our own judgments, um, whether those were um, warranted or... You know, how they stood up when we actually talked to the people who were in this relationship. Yeah, and so we spent quite a few hours in various locations with various configurations of these three people to kind of unravel their story. But for now, let's start with Nikki and hear how the story begins. We loved each other. We know we never stopped loving each other through this whole thing and all of our changes and my affair and... Um, and then the coming out, people would look at our relationship and think, wow, they have an amazing marriage. Look at, look at how they have it together. 
she stays home and takes care of the kids and volunteers at the school and he's got this great job. They're like a fairy tale with their beautiful children and the way that our family came together through adoption and and I think that people in general had this idea that we were perfect. But of course we weren't we had all kinds of things going on that nobody else saw where I would be mad. I used to get mad all the time. It never, I never thought, you know, I want a divorce or I want out or I want to be with somebody else. It was, I never felt that way. I just wanted things to be different than they were, but with everything else the same. I wanted everything to be the same, but with Ben. And I wanted him to be different. I wanted him to change. But what really needed to happen is I needed to change. So what was the issue? What, what were you angry about? So the biggest problem in our relationship was, has always been about sex and about desire. And when we first got together, we had a, a good sex life, but we were both pretty new at it. Um, you know, neither of us had had a lot of experience sexually. Um, and, and we, but there was, even at that point in the beginning, um, what was, what's the Woody Allen movie with the quote about how's your sex life and. How often do you sleep together? Do you have sex often? Hardly ever, maybe three times a week. Constantly, I'd say three times a week. So when we first got married, and even before we got married, when we were dating, like I was really, I was really into being tied up. And um, we were in New York City at the time, and Ben would go to the East Village and get me like cuffs and good, you know, good quality leather stuff. And 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 I loved that aspect of our sex life at that point. And then. Um, when we started having a family bed, when the kids were a little older, we put it all away, and I was really sad about that. We literally put everything into a box and put and locked it up and put it away and hid it. And and it was both both of y'all agreed that this was what needed to happen in this phase of life. No, or? I think it was more Ben. It was definitely more Ben. I was will. I wanted to like put the kids to bed and go someplace else or, you know, go away and use it, um, all our fun stuff. And occasionally there would be a time when the kids would be out of the house where we could get it out. But it was rare. The, I think the, the underlying issue, though, was about control. I like to get tied up because I wanted Ben to be in charge of things. And that was my way of, because I'm very controlling. I'm bossy. I like to be in charge of everything. 
So this was one place where I could say to Ben, tie me up and be in charge so I don't have to be in charge. And, and he would, and that was wonderful for me, and I think good for him. But without those tools, I think that that affected our sex life when we put those things away. Had you felt, before this, you had felt that Ben desired you? Well, so it's hard to, it's hard to think back to what I thought then. I mean, yes, I, I, of course, he's my husband. Of course I thought he desired me. He married me. Mm -hmm. Um, like, doesn't that imply that he desires me? But now, of course, I, I, I look back and I think, hmm, did, you know, did he, like, I think he did, but maybe not in the way that I thought he did. Mm-hmm. And I would hear about it from other, um, girlfriends like, oh God, my husband wakes me up with a hard on every morning. Like, can't he just, you know, <laughs> deal with it. it. I need to sleep in a little more. You know, it's like, and I would think, huh, you know, Ben never bothers me about Mm. sex. And, and, but it never made me think, oh, he doesn't desire me. Or I didn't think it was about me. I wanted him to come to me and say, I can't get enough of you. Mm -hmm. Um, Why can't we have more sex? And and then I went through a period where I thought, well, maybe it's because I'm not attractive. And maybe it's because I'm not sexy. And maybe it's because I need to lose weight or um, I've got too much pubic hair. Or, you know, like I need to change myself so that he will desire me more. And was this a conversation you're having internally or were you asking... No, this was an internal mm-hmm. conversation, and then I would make changes, and and then I then it would be you know not really fair. I would like make a change or get a haircut or get a bikini wax, and then like, well, will he notice? Hmm. You know, he he didn't notice, and and then more resentment. Yeah, yeah. 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 And and so that builds over many years, that kind of resentment. But still, at the same time, all these good things were going on. All these wonderful parts of our lives were happening. But the sex part was missing for me. And I'm not going to speak for him. You know, I don't know how he felt at that point. Like he, you know, maybe he didn't, he wasn't desiring me, but he was, I think, in my mind, I think, well, but he said, ah, it doesn't matter that much. So I don't have a great sex life with my wife, but we have so many other things. I don't mind that we don't have that, but I minded. Mm-hmm. I wanted that to be a part of our yeah. life. And I think that it would have changed our relationship in other ways too then. Um, the kind of forgiveness that happens when you have sex.
Yeah, so Nikki says here that she can't speak for Ben, and uh, but don't worry, you will hear Ben in a future episode and get his perspective. So the situation was that Nikki wanted to say, How come you don't want to have sex with me? But as often happens in relationships, it came out, How come you didn't do that job that I asked you to do? <laughs> You said you'd pick up, get apples from the grocery store. Yeah, <laughs> why didn't you? Or why didn't you get the the other kind of apple that I, you know I like better? You know, why would you get these apples when these apples are available? Um, and it was stupid, you know, these kinds of things, these petty things. But this is how it would come out instead of really addressing what it was that I was mad about. But I don't even know that I was, I knew then. Uh, so there's this other element to Nikki's story that we want to share with you, and that has to do with her starting to take an antidepressant. So you see this tattoo on my wrist. This is the chemical structure for Prozac. When I got on Prozac, which was a while ago now, 2000 and. 11, I think, 2010. That was a transformative point in my life. I changed. I, I suddenly was able to let go of all kinds of things that didn't matter. The Prozac. So I took the Prozac because I was really depressed. And so I sort of didn't know what to do with myself. And we were getting ready for this big trip where I needed to be in a good headspace and I was a lot. I was lost, so I went to see a therapist, and she said, "Well, you know, have you thought about taking some kind of antidepressant?" Well, I hadn't thought about it, and I was against it for all kinds of reasons. And then one day, I was like, "Okay, this is it. I just have to do it. I have to take it and try it and see what happens because I need to pull myself together." And I tried first one and then another, and then I went on Prozac. And when I went on Prozac, within a week, I felt different. I felt like I could handle, I, like I could be happy. <laughs> I could be happy. I, I lost all this weight. Um, I wanted to exercise all the time. I wanted to eat healthy. I was nice to people in ways that I I, I, I feel like I, I suddenly became a better mother and a better wife and a kinder person. And I f felt better about myself just in every possible way. And then the other thing that happened was that it made me feel like I could do things. I didn't have fear anymore. We were on vacation in Martha's Vineyard and there's this bridge where you can jump where Jaws was filmed and you can stand on the bridge and jump into the water where the sharks are. So people jump off this bridge into the water and the friend we were with is like, do you want to jump into the what? Do you want to jump off the bridge? Well, the former Nikki who wasn't on Prozac <laughs> would have said, no, thank you. I really don't want to do that. But when she said, do you want to jump into the shark infested water? I was like, yes, 
I do want to. <laughs> and and then I did. You know, I jumped off the bridge. And that that was sort of a metaphor for what was happening in my life, that I was all of a sudden willing to take risks that I never could have done before. So this was a, a huge change for Nikki to become more fearless, and uh, that had a lot of effects um, in there. Yeah, it was fascinating to hear her take on taking antidepressants. Um, I took many different antidepressants, but for some reason Prozac not only diminished my sex drive, but gave me nightmares that spiders were crawling on me every <laughs> night at 3 a.m. <laughs> so you were actually, you were, you were not jumping off the bridge. No, <laughs> no, no. I was just, all my neuroticisms grew. Wow. And uh, and a, co- a common side effect with some of these antidepressants is that it diminishes your sex drive. But it was the opposite for me. Mm-hmm. So it really made me horny yeah. all the time. That damn Prozac <laughs> got me in trouble. <laughs> yeah, they have. There's a book about Prozac um, that talked the the doctor who wrote it talks about how some people on Prozac, some people get well on Prozac, and then some people get better than well. Yeah. And I'm one of those people who just gets. I got better than well. And then I was in this place in my life where I felt like I could do anything and everything was possible. And I was doing a lot of comedy. I was performing. Um, and and I was thinking a lot about sex and about my body and about wanting to have more sex and feeling really dissatisfied in that aspect of my marriage and I I guess I had this idea unformed idea that I could just keep everything else the same because most of my life was wonderful and even most of my life with Ben was wonderful but I just wanted to have more sex was this something that you talked with Ben about at all so no not explicitly however when I look back at my writing, when I was when I was thirty nine, I wrote this piece called "My Mid Midlife Thong Crisis" for Voice Catcher. So, if you want to read that story, it's it's a really funny, brilliant story about um, a thong, and I'm not talking flip flops here. <laughs> Um, but for, and so you you can find that in the show notes, and maybe we'll put in the show notes a picture of me trying on a thong. Oh, no, sorry, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I'm we'll scared. have to delete that. No, no, I, um, I don't think um, uh, there is a place that could shave my bikini line for that <laughs> a thong line. Okay, so let's get off that subject. But uh, for, for now, you just need to know that uh, she was trying many things to draw Ben's attention, and it wasn't working. And and I think that if if we had been paying attention then, and I don't maybe it was on another level. It's like oh look, she wants to be desired. She wants to be sexy. She she feels under desired. She feels not sexy. Um, gosh, is this a problem? It is a problem. 
But that's an interesting thing to me, like when you say, if we if we had been more aware, really sort of understood this, what, what do you think would have been different? Well, I, if we had been aware that there was this dissatisfaction, I don't know, could we have talked about it then? Could we have done therapy? Could we have had couples therapy then? Could we have done, you know, you read all those articles about how do you get the groove back? How do you get sex back into your marriage after kids? And I don't, I I don't know that there's anything that we could have done because now, from where we are now, and we've talked it to death, I think that we were well-matched in many ways. We've got this life together that's wonderful, but we were mismatched in terms of our chemistry. And I think, were we too young to know that? I don't know. You know, or did it, did it, we couldn't tell then. Right. Uh, you know, it's, we didn't know each, ourselves well enough. Um, if we were old, if we both had been divorced and had been in other relation, you know, long-term serious relationships, and then we came and got to know, you know, met each other later, would we be smarter about that? I, I think so. You know, I think we both were really, we just didn't have enough experience to know um, if it matters. You know, for me, Yuvi, this is this is really interesting because the time I, by the time I met Bill, I'd been in a number of relationships. And so for me, the, my intention was so high, like I'm going to do whatever it takes in this relationship with this person. And he was in the same place. And so we were able to really, I think we kept coming back and talking about really hard things. Um, so I'm just, it's, it's interesting to me here with Nikki that some of what she's saying is she didn't, they didn't, always talk directly about this difficult subject, but also some of that might have been related to the lack of experience. I do think there's these important points in relationships where you either want to double down or go even harder at this thing and peel away some other layers, or you want to change things up and go in a different direction. And I, I, I'm, I often don't think... Either one is bad. I mean, I think this is this is the this is the hard discussion for me. Is like, do you you have to have both people willing to do that doubling down? I think because yeah. say I take a step toward you to really talk about this hard stuff, and you're just not going to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and you or see o- that you, I've taken a. You step. can only do that for a little while mm-hmm. before it falls mm-hmm. apart. Yeah. But I also feel like you, I had to know, like for me with Bill, I had to know that if I wasn't willing to play in that arena of truth and honesty, um, and we're going to dig down, he wasn't going to be in the relationship, or vice versa. Yeah. Well, and I also think there's moments like in, in for me and Sherry during our dark periods where one of us was kind of thinking, I don't know if this is working out. And the other one would be a little bit more of a champion of like let's let's try a different angle on this and make it work. 
So there, there's one where one person kind of steps back, but not so far back that it's unrecoverable. Mm-hmm. Now, keeping in mind last season when we talked about what we called the avoiders and the um, prodders, prodders um, I mean, I think it will be interesting, you know, as we look at that, you know, this relationship, you know, that in some ways I think there was sort of both of that. Nikki was both of those. She was prodding, but she was prodding often maybe in some of the not yeah. clear areas. Yeah, and sometimes she she has a, a a very clear stance on things. It's really interesting to hear. But sometimes that stance isn't taken in by the other person, uh-huh. at least not initially. Uh-huh. So yeah. she, she'll, she'll be saying something yeah. that she clearly feels but the other person might not be hearing right. it as clearly uh-huh. yeah. uh, uh, at first. You know, yeah. I think things um, get discussed more overtly over uh-huh. time. Yeah, I love it uh-huh. though when she, like, I mean, when she says, you know, I was trying, you know, I did the bikini wax and I did, yeah. you know, got the thong and all of that, and yet um, those those were very subtle messages that Ben didn't pick up. Yeah, yeah, and I when when she was talking about that. Uh, all I thought about was, oh, what are all the things that I was not paying attention to that <laughs> Sherry's done? Yeah. Uh, can you take a hint? So here's another thing that that I think um, came up in in listening to Nikki is, she, you know, she was talking about, and again, this goes back to experience. She says we simply didn't really have the experience to be aware. So I think a lot of times what happens in relationships is that something will happen, some crisis will happen. Um, and it'll only be later that people have a perspective about what was actually going on. Why did I leave that marriage? Why did I have that affair? I can think of many things in my life that it wasn't until later I really understood why I was doing what I was doing. And that is one of the things that Nikki says here is, you know, if we would know, if we had known, maybe it would have been different. I don't know. Um, but I didn't even know what was wrong or how do I even identify? It just seems like for her, what she felt was this anger and didn't know really what to do with it or what it was about. Also, I think Nikki's stance was that it was an issue of desire and her perspective about this was clear. I was angry at him for so long about, you know, why don't you want me more? Why don't you desire me more? Well, it's not like you can control who you desire and how you desire or how you desire somebody so all that said this you know this all of these circumstances were in place but now with the prozac nikki was feeling fearless i i think at that point in my life i had decided that i did in fact want to have an affair i had made a i'd made a mental choice about that I was flirting with lots of people, um, and I knew that I was ready to do this, but I didn't really know how. And that's what we find out next episode. Test, 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 test. Okay. Okay.
<laughs> I took a little sip. 